0: Hey guys, welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. March Madness is here, and to help you with your bracket, make sure you listen to One Shiny Podcast with Mark Titus and Tate Frazier. Also, be sure to check out the Ringer's YouTube channel to watch Tate and Titus build their bracket and break down every matchup on their selection show, as well as Roger Sherman, who offers his three Cinderella picks for the NCAA Tournament. You can find those at YouTube.com/slash The Ringer. Welcome to the ringer nfl show i'm robert mays joined as always by kevin
1: clark kevin how you doing buddy i'm doing okay nfl competition committee recommending a proposal for a one-year trial to expand reviewable plays to every year. pass interference roughing the pass or unnecessary contact on play. you can review that that is what the competition committee is proposing
0: uh, we're going to do winners and losers of free agency today, but let's talk about that because I want to, do you think that's a good thing? I, I'm a little bit worried. I generally support that idea, but I also just think that replay might get a little bit out of hand and games are going to take four and a half hours.
1: Maybe. I mean, if you still limit the amount of replays, it's going to yeah. be fine. I, I think if you just keep the system in, it's it's fine. I, did, I the, one, the one thing I, I, I saw out there was that, Maybe you only do flags. You only review flags and not no, no calls, which would yeah, be... I think that would make sense. I wouldn't have helped the New Orleans Saints last year.
0: But did, wasn't, what was the idea? What was that person going to be called that's just up in the booth? And if there's a blatantly wrong call, they can just reverse it in the moment? I believe, the, 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 the I believe Sky Judge? I
1: believe it's, it's Sky Judge, but I also believe we could just take a, a, a page from our boss, Bill Simmons, just call him the VP of Common Sense. Yep, that's just, fair. Just all right. Person, some person just says, Hey guys, that was pass interference.
0: All right, so let's dig into this. Obviously, free agency is still technically going. The Colts signed Justin Houston today, which I feel like
1: was a pairing that we had even before free agency. I kind of like I it. Talked about it. I oh, kind of really like good it. Oh, it's what? now the, the Colts only have like 70 million dollars in cap space, they're really up ab- against it. I wrote about this this week, just about how cap space is just
0: this. Thing that everyone clamors for, but in reality, the teams that usually have a ton of it spend it in horrible ways. And in reality, or don't spend it. Yeah, exactly. But it, for the most part, cap space is about flexibility, and the Colts have maintained theirs. It's a really good signing. And they re signed a couple of their guys. You know, Pierre year played well for them last year. I think that that makes a lot of sense. So I don't, I'm fine with what they've done, but I think Justin Houston's a good one. I was wondering if it was going to come in a little bit lower than that. I was hoping the Bears would take a look at him as kind of to, round out their defensive line rotation and also round out their spending, but $12 million is a lot of money. I think he's worth it, but that's a good chunk of change. It's pretty much the Brandon Graham contract
1: you can use as a template. I wasn't sure he'd get that much just because his injury history has been a little more checkered. Sure. But again, they had $75 million in cap space and now they have slightly less. They're going to be fine. Yeah. I think they'll be just fine.
0: All right. Let's start with the winners. And I think that the team that sticks out to me here that's just done a great job of adding talent really over the last 12 calendar months is the Cleveland Browns. Because even though they only had one kind of splash signing with Sheldon Richardson, you take into account the trade that got them Olivia Vernon, obviously the Odell Beckham trade. I mean, this is a team, you're running out of holes on their roster. There aren't that many spots where you're like, man, they could really get a lot better here, or this is going to be something that could torpedo them. I mean, obviously there's some projection with Baker in, in year two. You know, can Corbett come in and play guard when they lose lost Zeitler? who the other safety is going to be, but these are nitpicky things for the most part. This team looks pretty damn good everywhere. Are they your favorites in the AFC North? Yes, I yeah, absolutely too. think me so. Me too. I mean, I, you look at, I think one of the teams that we could prep, I, I don't have my lot, my list, but I was considering it. Pittsburgh just didn't do much. I mean, they signed Steven Nelson. They signed Mark Barron, but I mean, those aren't any moves that are going to kind of make you stand up and take notice. Sure. They need to get better because they have holes. Well, they also Uh,
1: lost an elite receiver. Whereas the Browns (laughs) gained one. That's true. Yeah. They
0: lost Antonio Brown. So uh, Pittsburgh has a lot of issues to me. You know they traded their right tackle, no Antonio Brown. I still think there are problems with them on defense. Baltimore, I- I'm just concerned about what's going to happen with Lamar Jackson. Their offense is weird and fun, but I think they have a pretty defined ceiling. They also lost a lot of defensive talent. i getting Earl Thomas is great, but I mean they lost pass rushing depth, a lot of other things, and the Bengals are just the most boring team in the NFL. Now that the Dolphins are just blowing it up and starting over and doing something that I find kind of cool. The Bengals are just the team that's like, all right, yep, we can just forget about the Bengals. They never do anything worth talking about.
1: Yeah, first of all, I'm a little bit worried that Fitzpatrick is going to screw up the the tank. You think he's too good? That's what you're going with think he's a little too good. And I think there was a point out there from a number of people that I keep thinking about, which is like, if you actually wanted a tank, you'd sign Bortles or Peterman or, or a truly awful quarterback. Fitzpatrick might just randomly beat the Patriots.
0: That's always in there for him. But I feel like the Fitzpatrick we saw last year and just this last gasp of him being decent was in an offense with Mike Evans, Deshaun Jackson, Chris Godwin, OJ Howard that was coordinated
1: by Todd Monkin. He's not going to be playing with that sort of talent in Imagine, Imagine thinking that Fitzpatrick being Fitzmagic is a system thing and not just a supernatural supernatural entity.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's not. It's not. A, he's not a mortal. Yeah, the things he does are not explainable by tangible stuff like supporting cast and everything else and coaching. I, I think he's going to be decently bad. I think they'll be fine. I also think that if you sign Blake Bortles up, it's up in blinking lights. So we are trying to suck and that's oh, not oh the yeah, easiest Fitzpatrick, thing
1: Fitzpatrick is a real winning move. <laughs>
0: Hey, it's I still feel like even if you're going full tank, you kind of have to sell the fan base a little bit at times for ownership to be like, yeah, I just want to be as bad as we can possibly be. Who is OK? Going
1: full tank is tough. OK. All right. Let's back up. Who is the best tanking quarterback you could possibly get? If you had your pick, everybody's a free agent. You are tanking. You can't let your, fan, your fans still have to buy tickets and all that stuff. But you are trying to go one in 15. You are taking blank quarterback.
0: I honestly think Ryan Fitzpatrick is a good answer because he's going to be at least entertaining at times. But I think that for every four hundred yard game he's going to have, maybe like the two or three of them next season, they're going to be as many four interception games. That's why I think he's the perfect quarterback because your level of badness when you take it in the aggregate is still pretty bad. But there are moments where you're actually enjoying yourself.
1: it's a, it's It's an interesting question I think turnover prone quarterback is a big part of this. I would say. There's a handful. I would say uh, you could lose some games with Derek Anderson. <laughs> Who is, is still in the league somehow? Yeah, he's on the... Is he Br- in he he's on the Bills. Where is he now? He was on the Bills last year. He was on the Bills. Oh my God, um, that's right. He
0: started a game, didn't he? He started that Monday night game?
1: Yeah. You could, you could lose some games with Trevor Simeon. Who's now in the New York Jets? He's a Jets backup. Um, could probably lose some... Probably lose some games with Matt Schaub. But you're going as you're you want to be terrible. Well, I don't think you're halfway here. These
0: people are all better than Nathan Peterman. That's true. So Nathan Peterman is the ultimate we want to be bad quarterback. You're still trying to split the difference a little tiny bit.
1: I all of these players made contributions at one point to the NFL level. For Matt Schaub, it's been like a decade though. The fact that Matt Schaub's
0: still getting paid by people is amazing. Um, Remember that like two week period when the Ra- Raiders drafted Derek Carr and people were pretending like Matt Shaw was going to be the starter of that season? I was threw, like there, six pick
1: sixes in a week. I was there the day they named Derek Carr starter, and obviously because it's it's a news story, uh, there was a kind of a freak out in the media room when it happened. And I was like, well, I, yeah, I could have told you this. It could have been sources. Derek Carr will start, and the source would have been <laughs> me looking at the depth chart. All right, let's
0: move on to some of the other winners here. Uh, say the safety position, I feel like is a huge winner, especially after you consider what happened last year. I mean, there's an explanation for why the safety market unfolded, why it did last year, but for it to bounce back to this degree, I'm not sure anyone could have really seen that coming. How about our guy Landon Collins? Just getting paid, man. Just getting paid by a team that really doesn't seem to have any idea what it's doing. And but then Jabril Peppers being paid. way
1: overvalued by the Giants.
0: <laughs> That's true. It's another win for the position. It's a the moment. Jabril Peppers was like the crown jewel of their whole photo. It's for a Odell moment. In-
1: uh, Honey Badger gets paid. The one the one sort of outlier is Eric Berry is still on the market. He's taking visits, but he is still available. I also think Eric Berry. That's a complicating one, just
0: because or a complicated one just because of concerns about his health. I mean, the guy hey. has played how many games over the last couple of years? That I can understand why teams would be a little bit reticent to throw big money. At did him. you see so that? At least Tyron Matthew saw two straight healthy seasons.
1: Did you see that sort of heat chart of Earl Thomas? The passing chart. Do you know what I'm talking about? I have not. So Next Gen Stats now does sort of heat maps, almost like, almost like what what uh, NBA teams can do as far as just showing where teams shoot from when so-and-so is in the game or they're playing this defensive look or Mm -hmm. whatever. And so they showed Earl Thomas on the field and off the field what, what, what people do against the Seahawks. And what teams do is they never go deep against Earl Thomas, ever. And it's really fascinating to look at. Teams actively avoid it. It's not unlike... Kind of like what Dwight Howard used to be, where teams would just go nowhere near him because they were scared of what would happen if they, if, they, if they drove in the lane. So Earl Thomas being healthy, I think, changes the face of that defense, Baltimore, more than we really think. I
0: also think they have the best secondary in the league now. I mean, even with Eric Weddle, is was probably in the conversation, but you sw- swap Earl Thomas with Eric Weddle, and now we're talking about something really serious. I mean, their pass rush loses a little bit of its teeth with the guys they lost, but, I mean, you have the secondary that's that good, you're probably going to make up for it.
1: Uh, Matt Castle, by the way, is a free agent and available to tank.
0: Ooh, that's a good name. That is a good name. Uh, His last great moment was, well, he's played a little bit recently, but he was also one of those guys that was a stopgap starter for a team that drafted a quarterback the same year, actually.
1: And he was just throwing pick sixes left and right in Minnesota. Matt Castle, Austin Davis, Blaine Gabbert, Mike Glennon available. Sean Mannion. Blaine Gabbert's probably a
0: good name. Blaine Gabbert, I think you could probably sell. First round pick, all So
1: Sean Mannion was basically replaced by Blake Bortles. Do you think Sean Mannion is upset about. I mean, I, I bet Sean Mannion thinks he's much better than Blake Bortles. Probably. Probably. But also, you it's. A, it's, it's got like a
0: one mil. like it's a one year, one million dollar yeah. contract. Really it's, tiny. it's
1: a McVeigh heat check. That's a McVeigh heat check. <laughs>
0: That's exactly right. When, when Bortles is going to throw him for 400 yards a game, six games into the year when Jared goff got, got, when Jared Goff gets hurt, the joke is going to be on all of us. All of our Blake Bortles jokes, we're going to regret them instantly. Gina Smith also available. There you go. All right. Uh, let's move on. Another winner for me is uh, Cam Newton's Bones. I really like what the Panthers did in free agency. They re-signed Eric Reed. They go out and get Matt Paradise on a contract that is less than what Mitch Morse got. And I think that Matt Paradise is a better player. And I think signing Darrell Williams in a one-year, $6 million deal to be your right tackle is an absolute steal. I mean, he, when he was healthy, he played well a couple of years ago. And obviously, there was limited interest just because he was hurt for most of last season. He hurt his knee in training camp. And then again, in week one. So I can understand why teams are a little reticent, but he's a solid player when he's around. And for him to get 6 million bucks on one year and for Juwan James to get twice that, that's a win
1: if you're the Panthers. Where are we, where are we on Juwan James? Because we, we spent so much time talking about Trent Brown that we forgot that Juwan James was also being massively overpaid. So
0: this is what happens with offensive tackles and free agency. Juwan James is fine. He's fine. But there are so few competent offensive linemen in the NFL that when one hits the market that can stand up and get in somebody's way every once in a while, he sets the market at the position. It's absolutely ridiculous. It was the same thing with Nate Solder last year. I think teams are willing to overpay at that position in a way they're not at almost any other position just because it's so hard to draft and develop offensive linemen. The teams that do, they're gold. Teams like New England, but most teams struggle to do it. And because of that, they have to throw money at the problem. Bruce Irvin,
1: very strange Carolina signing.
0: I think that's pretty good, though, because they've yeah. got him for a really cheap deal, right? It's only $4 million. They've got
1: Dontario Poe and Bruce Irvin, which if if in 2013, if someone had come from the future and say, the Panthers have Bruce Irvin and Dontari Polo in the same line and be like, that's nasty. And now we're just
0: like, "Eh." those are tarnished high picks. That's what they've (laughs) cornered the market on on defense. Eric Reed's the same deal. Eric Reed was a first round pick too. But yeah, I I think that they got good value with some guys and I also just like how they built that offensive line. I think that was a major question coming in for them to kind of get those two guys on the
1: fly. I think that's huge for them. Agree. I I agree. Uh, What is the ceiling on this Carolina team? I think that's a Cam Newton question. And
0: if he's healthy, then why can't they make the playoffs? I'm
1: worried. Some of the reports around his injury are kind of weird. That's always a question,
0: though. I mean, especially with shoulders and everything else, that stuff can linger. But I think they can be pretty good just because I like what they have on offense. I think the Cam getting hurt last year, they absolutely fell off a cliff. But what Norv Turner has built there with those skill position players, it's a really fun group. And I, we talked about that a lot last season. I think that can be the same again. I also think you're going to see those man. guys in even more elevated roles now that Devin Funches
1: is gone. And so if Cam's healthy, I think they can be pretty darn good. Dude, remember that month where we had to overcorrect and just go over the top on our praise of North Turner because we made fun of the hire? Yeah. I mean, I, what we, was that? Eat crow, man. I mean, it has to happen. No, but
0: then, I, then it turned out he wasn't even that good. No, that Cam got hurt. I'm not putting that on the coaching staff. When your quarterback can't throw the ball downfield, I think that's a little bit more problematic than suddenly your coach is bad after being good for the first part of the year. I think they're going to be just fine. If he's healthy, I think they're going to be fine. Agreed. Their defense is interesting. I mean, their secondary is a little hot and cold always, but Uh we'll see what happens there. But I think they can be all right. Can I throw out a winner? Yes. Antonio Brown. (laughs) <laughs> Antonio Brown and the idea of player power coming to the NFL.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I don't necessarily know if it's any great sea change or anything like that because I think there's just very, very few people like Antonio Brown who are going to be able to execute that sort of plan. But he added a lot of new money to his deal without adding years, which is like basically spectacular in the context of NFL value. And by the way, he tanked his trade... Stock, and this is not necessarily admirable, but it is if, if you're going just through the lens though. of 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 value, he was he tanked his stock so much that the team that got him only gave up a third and a fifth round pick, which means that team will be better. If his if his stock was so high that they'd give up one of their firsts, the team would be worse. So there's really no downside except the the public backlash to Antonio Brown. Is Antonio Brown a genius? I mean, is um, that something that we've I learned? I, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I,
0: the man dyed his mustache blonde in order for his team to think that he was capable of anything. That's amazing. Like, I, I just, everything about that is incredible
1: to me. <sighs> I don't know if dyeing your mustache blonde is evidence of genius. I've got to be honest. I think with in you. this case it might I got to be. be honest with you. I've looked at the mustache. It didn't look good. I don't Are you saying you like went deep in the character? That's what it's it seemed like that's what happened, right? Like uh like Joaquin Phoenix?
0: <laughs> yeah, this was uh, this past like 2 months was Antonio Browns. I'm not here moment. Yeah. Oh god. I mean I, everything about it was great.
1: Have you ever grown a mustache? No, I've had, I've had sort of, you know, two-week beards or whatever. I look pretty good, I think. FYI. I, I don't think I've ever seen you
0: with a beard. Hmm. I've had a mustache in the past. Sometimes when I grow my beard really long, I would just cut most of it off and keep the mustache just for fun. It's enjoyable. Never blonde, though. That's, if I want to get traded from the ringer, that's when I'll start dyeing my mustache blonde. They'll get the third-round pick for me. All right. Uh, another winner for me is uh, Nick Foles, who... Here's the thing Jesus Christ. When, when you're the only quarterback on the market, you get $22 million a year with $50 million guaranteed. I never imagined that he would have that kind of market even with being the only no. guy. I just never thought that contract was coming. I thought it'd be closer to the case Keenum deal from last year, but man, $50 million guaranteed for Nick Foles. <laughs> the Jaguars really wanted a quarterback.
1: So... The justification is that they needed the locker room needed to respect him so they gave him more money. It's great. It's
0: really smart. I'm going exactly to do, do that. I'm going to do that.
1: I'm going to do that with Bill Simmons. I'm just going to be like, <laughs> "No, I need more respect around here. Please give me 50 million dollars guaranteed."
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I again, would would 18 million dollars not have sufficed? It, it needed to crack 20. That's the only way it was going to happen. If you're paying a quarterback $18 million and there's no other quarterback on the roster, I'm pretty sure it's clear he's the starting quarterback.
1: Maybe I'm wrong about that. I, I this, is, this is a great example of a team just overthinking it to the point of eating themselves.
0: Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Because who else was paying for Nick Foles?
0: I mean, I assume there was another team probably in the mix, and that's why they had to go that high, but who would it have been? And why would they have been wanting to pay Nick Foles 20 for $20 million? I just can't imagine that there was enough interest to drive that price to where it got. I mean, and you're bidding against yourself, and that's how you get to this point.
1: I have a theory that I've been developing over the past six years I've covered this league. You want to hear it? Yeah, I'm listening. Absolutely nobody knows what they're doing. Yeah, that's that's what it seems like. Especially teams that don't
0: have a quarterback. They're the teams that know the least what they're doing. And it's not even as if there's some quick out that they have. I mean, this is, you know, it's not one of those deals where it's, oh, it's a four-year deal, but in reality, it's mostly a two-year deal, everything else. There's $12.5 million in dead cap on the Jaguars cap if they he gets cut before the 2021 season. You're getting Nick Foles aged 30, 31, and 32 seasons. We know the Jags aren't adverse to paying or spending about a lot of dead money on quarterbacks as evidenced by what Blake Bortles is going to account for on the cap this year, but that still is just it's a lot of money to give a 30-year-old quarterback who hasn't done much outside of a couple stretches in the playoffs.
1: Could they have uh, conceivably kept Malik Jackson? Probably.
0: Um, I think they opened up more than like $30 million in yeah. space, right? In, in
1: one day, they got $30 million. So let's look at I would, their cap right If now. I were them, I'd probably like to have Malik Jackson. Yeah, I mean, they
0: paid him so much. I mean, that's the problem when... You spend what well, you build your entire team through free agency essentially at a certain point, all those bills are going to come due, even in this era. A- and that's what happened. I mean, you can't pay a quarterback $22 million and also be paying the sticker price for like seven different defensive players. Those those two things are not compatible.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's that's it. I mean, I think that you still, even though they hit on guys like Jalen Ramsey, some of the defensive guys, Telvin Smith being one, but Telvin um, Smith got paid. Right. I'm saying, so they, I mean,
0: they're there, that was really the only. Eight, in-house guy was Ramsey by the time last season was over. Pretty much everyone else on the defense that was getting significant snaps and Ngakwe. Mm. But almost every other guy was making at or near the top of the market at their position. And that was okay when you were not really paying your quarterback very much. But
1: when you have to pay him $20 million, that becomes a problem. Maybe they should have hit on like the six straight top five picks they had.
0: Or not spend it on a running back who's making $7.5 million this year. That also might have helped yeah, they still have like $17 million in cap space. I think the Jaguars needed a VP of common sense. It's not Tom Coughlin. Is that what you're saying?
1: It is not Tom Coughlin.
0: All right. One more winner here. Packers fans. Who yes. used to complain about how the team spent money. I had just, you were big the, I, winners just had, this I just year. had
1: just the Packers because I like Smith. I like Zedarius and Preston because I think that the, you like the, the Smiths. I love the, the Smiths. Yes. Morrissey, Johnny Marr. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm, just, I'm not as him. bullish
0: on the contracts themselves as you are, but I do think... I just think in a
1: world where CJ Mosley and Quan Alexander can get what they get, I'm fine with this.
0: Yeah, I think spending on pass rushers is usually a good strategy, but I also think that it's Smith the is I kind
1: of like their defensive backs. So um, they're, young, they're young guys that they took last year. So I'm saying that... The pet, yeah, you assume those guys... I mean, Zaire
0: Alexander's, or Jair Alexander is going to be really yeah, good. Yeah, investing Amos, I, in pass rush is good. Yeah, I think that Amos, it was a good signing. It was one of my favorites of free agency. I think that's really good value when you consider the position. But $16.5 million for Zadarius Smith is a lot of money. I mean, if it's a four-year $66 million deal, $20 million of it's guaranteed. So essentially, I guess it's really just a year and a half of guarantees. So you can get out of it pretty quickly, which is nice, but... Oh, no. $10 million in dead cap. And if he's cut after the third season. So yeah, I mean, that's a pretty hefty contract for a guy who's never been a full-time player. You could argue that now that he's getting a chance to be, he's going to be even better. But the way that used him in Baltimore last year was very unique. He did a lot of his rushing inside. So it's just a lot of projection for him to hit that number. And I'm just not sure he'll ever get there. That's what
1: I'm saying. But yeah. Both of those guys, your defense is undeniably better. If you're making an effort, and I think Mike Pettin is a really good defensive coordinator. By the way, I think so too. Um, if you're making an effort to play the free agency game, they got out as cleanly as you can get. you already, I mean, you already have the Rodgers deal. You ha- you're going to have to hit on your draft picks anyway because the Rodgers deal is such a force within the cap. Um, you know, he, he he got the most guaranteed money in history. Until again, until Dave Gettleman is allowed to pay his running back, and you're going, you know, you're going to have to do that. So you're going to have to get these sort of contracts that are, you know, upper middle tier money. That's how you're going to have to spend your money in free agency. But but you just again, it's going to come down to whether or not they can hit in their first, second, third round picks. Yeah, that's defending. what hap- That's what happened. You look at the New Orleans Saints. Okay, not that the New Orleans Saints should be a model for anybody as far as spending goes. But the reason they're <laughs> able to give Drew Brees as much money as he gets is because they've had some really good drafts. They're not paying Alvin Kamara. They're not paying Marcus Lattimore. They're smart enough to go out and trade for a guy like Eli Apple and just run his rookie contract down. So that's the, those are the sort of cheap moves you have to make, and I'm okay with paying a few middle-class guys as well.
0: Yeah, I, I I I can get aboard that. I, I definitely can't. I, I just think that that's a big contract for Darius Smith. I like him. I think he can be really good. And there's a chance now that he's playing, you know, 90% of the snaps or whatever, that he's even better. I mean, there's definitely in the realm of possibility. If that happens, then they're not even going to worry about it. Mm-hmm. But I, that's a lot of money to spend. And it, it could work out. But I also think we've seen this not work out a hundred different times. So... But yeah, I mean, the Jair Alexander uh, pick is a good example, by the way, of them hitting on a guy and them make him making their defense better instantly for a really cheap deal. Yeah. All right, let's get to the losers and let us start with the only place I can think to start, and that is with the New York Giants, who are just, they're really amazing right now. I mean, everything that's happening over there is entertaining to me because there's just no semblance of a plan. You can go and you can trade old Beckham for picks and say, you know, we're trying to stockpile assets and everything else. You can't do that and then go sign 30 year old Golden Tates to a contract that is going to be, it has money, dead money in the third year and screw up a comp pick of yours in the process. Either be bad or don't be bad. And that's why I really appreciate what the Dolphins are doing because they're just saying, we're leaning into this. And that's what I think you should do. And rebuilding on the fly, like the Giants are trying to do, I just I don't think it's going to work. And their just undying commitment
1: to Eli Manning, it, it's so it's admirable to me. It's admirable. They, I, I it's, just Eli Manning is Dave Gettleman's ride or die. Peyton
0: Manning yeah. got cut by the Colts. Mm-hmm. It, it's not he got cut it's by the cut. Colts. I mean, this is a real thing that happened. He's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and the moment. The Colts understood that they had a succession plan in place, one that was going to work. They said, thank you very much for your services, Peyton Manning. They are no longer needed. And then a few years later, they built a statue and everyone got the fuck over it. It's just, and everyone says, well, you know, Andrew Luck was sitting there at number one for the Colts. The Giants had the number two pick in the draft last season and five quarterbacks went in the top 10. I mean, Sam Darnold isn't Andrew Luck, but he was a pretty damn good quarterback
1: prospect. I just, none of it makes sense to me. Hey, I know what happened in Peyton Manning's last game. I know that he won a Super Bowl by the skin of his teeth. I know he was a corpse. Having said that, if you put Peyton Manning on the 2019 Giants, do they win more games? Yes. Because I think he kind of knows what to do. You know, yes. like he's so smart, he would just kind of dump off the ball to sake. He made the right decision. He couldn't, what do we think in an NFL game, we think he can throw like a 15-yard pass? Sure, he can throw a fifteen-yard pass. Yes, I mean he's had four neck Manning surgeries. right now could throw a fifteen-yard pass. He's had four neck surgeries, and he's he, you know he's had problems in the past. Having said that, uh, Eli Manning has does not like throw the ball. You know, past twenty. Eli yards, Manning so. has had
0: plenty of problems. Eli Manning is having plenty of problems in the present. So, right. Uh, yeah, I mean, is there anything else you want to say about that, or are we just kind of resigned to the fact
1: that they're going to be an absolute mess for a while? I'm actually just thinking about what Peyton Manning would look like playing in 2019. <laughs> <laughs> what year
0: was that? What was his last season? Twenty seventeen.
1: Twenty. When did the Broncos 20, in the Super Bowl? Twenty fifteen season. Twenty sixteen Super Bowl. God, I can't believe it was that long ago.
0: That's crazy. It seems more recent than that. That I was sitting in the Levi Stadium stands with the sun just beating down, watching that game. I was in the main press box. I would not know. Look at look at you. You're just crushing it. All right. Uh, we already talked about this a little bit, but one of my other losers is just anyone looking for value at offensive tackle. I mean Trent Brown setting the market and having been the highest paid tackle in history. Trent Brown was, he did a good job for the Patriots last year. I also think there are 10 different factors that led to Trent Brown. Did you see very
1: good for the Patriots last year? Did you see uh, the quote that his agent gave to Trent Brown? No, it was, it was something to the effect of 10 minutes in a free agency that his agent called Trent Brown and said, we have an offer. We cannot refuse, which is not a good sign. If you're the team offering it.
0: no, I mean, the Raiders spent money like Nicolas Cage (laughs) last week. It was unbelievable. I mean, the way they spent money is just the equivalent of buying like a dinosaur skull. Just because you have the money doesn't mean you need to throw it around like this. But that's where bad teams are at. That's where the Raiders are at. That's where the Jets are at. I mean, there's really no rhyme or reason to throwing it around like this, but teams do it anyway.
1: Nicolas Cage as big spender is slightly dated. Right, I, that's probably it true. It's been but he, some. He's like the first guy Johnny, I think about. Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp is Johnny broke. Depp.
0: It, it, it is, yeah. I mean, has he oh, spent yeah. it in as ridiculous of ways though? Yeah, absolutely. I guess I haven't been up on. He also actor st- he spending spent like millions
1: of dollars on Hunter S. Thompson's funeral. <laughs> Which I mean, I I don't. I mean, I guess you could justify that. I'm not sure you can. I'm, I'm honestly. I don't not know. Sure, it just depends. Can. Depends on your viewpoint, john I guess. Nicolas Cage is like buying haunted houses in New Orleans. He bought a lot of crazy shit. I was looking at a list of it like two weeks ago. <laughs> I don't remember why. We live very different lives.
0: <laughs> I, don't, I can't remember how I got there. It was like a weird internet hole I'd stumbled down. And I'd somehow landed on Nicolas Cage's spending habits. This, this happens sometimes. You do a lot of... There are a lot of weird places you get to on the internet.
1: I was, I mean, just, t- I, I was, I was just telling Craig I'm reading a book about... London in the 1880s, the cholera epidemic. It's an incredible book. It's called <laughs> so go- it's called I, go- it's called favorite, Ghost Map. It's good. One of
0: my favorite Kevin Clark uh, media consumption stories was at the Super Bowl when we had to get there like six hours early, and you were just who was it? It was a podcast on a president, right? Was it Teddy no, Roosevelt? I was reading about Benjamin Franklin. Oh, Benjamin Franklin. It was not yeah. a president. So a historical figure. You were just listening to a Benjamin Franklin audiobook yeah. for like four hours before the Super Bowl, just getting totally locked in.
1: Just like it was like five hours before the game, just getting locked hey, in on, on BF. He did listen. a lot, he did a lot of different things. He would have been an incredible football coach.
0: <laughs> I mean, Benjamin Franklin. You want to and talk, about, it, it, you talk
1: about adaptable.
0: Yeah. Who's the like out of historical figures? Who would be the best NFL coach? Dwight Eisenhower,
1: just just from a tactical standpoint, you know Abraham Lincoln taught himself war tactics in like two weeks. I think over, Abraham Lincoln would be pretty Christmas darn good over Christmas break. Over Christmas break, um, I mean, a, a lot of generals, a lot of a lot of leaders. I would say George Washington. George Washington was a uh, he wasn't even like he didn't even see battle for like five years because um, he was all down south and so in like you know the Carolinas and stuff. And so he was more just about keeping the army together. So he was just like a good vibes guy. Yeah, good George yeah, Washington, he was a players general. The army wasn't even being paid. So he was just like keeping the army together. And so he was just a players coach. He was the original players coach. That's great. I mean, uh, yeah, generals are probably the right answer. I was thinking but maybe no, I mean, be a little bit off the map. No, I mean, it's George Washington. You look uh, on you the other sideline before a game and it's George Washington. What do you do? <laughs> And he's pumping everybody up. He's pumping everybody up. Like, oh my God, dude. More intimidating. Bill Belichick or George Washington? GW. On the, others, uh, on the other side. Without sideline. even a question. All right. I'll, without I'll to you, even no, a question. You're for. What an all upset right. over the British. <laughs> dude, look into it for like five minutes. It was an unbelievable upset. Um, but so was the first Super Bowl where the Patriots beat the, the
0: Rams. That's what I'm saying.
1: Look into Yorktown. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's all, <laughs>
0: all right, I'm saying. More, more losers here. And I think uh, this is pretty clear just the running back position in general. I mean, you look at the deals that not only what Le'Veon Bell had to settle for compared to what he wanted, but some of the other guys just not getting paid that much at all. And on short term deals, I mean, I think people thought Tevin Coleman was going to get a decent contract before free agency started. Mm-hmm. Two years, eight and a half million. It's really just a one year deal. By the way, the Quan Alexander contract looks terrible. If you just consider the years and the total money, but the 49ers do an excellent job of structuring these things. I mean, they have one of the best cap guys in the league and it's clear. I mean, they use their cap space really creatively. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo had that monster contract he signed last season, but $37 million of it was in year one, his cap hits over the next three or four years compared to what other quarterbacks are making are really palatable. It's like $25, $26 million because of how they structured it. So I know that some of those deals they look like huge money for the Niners, but they give themselves a lot of flexibility with a lot of those contracts.
1: Where are the Niners this year? Because I just got off of Versillo's pod and we were talking about the Niners a little bit. I think the Seahawks are going to be good. Bill Simmons is insistent that the Rams are going to regress. I kind of believe it. Yeah, I don't think they're going to make those losses that is kind of can hang over you for a little while maybe but they all i mean like the girly thing is is
0: not going to get much better i heard a story at the combine where after the game in the in the locker room it was kind of like a look like a spartacus yeah like mcveigh was getting up there and just taking every yeah, single yeah, bit yeah, of yeah. blame, and yeah. every like guy after guy one after the other was like blaming the game on themselves it seems like they have a very strong culture They're, but i also think that locker that games like that can have a lasting.
1: I almost wrote that story about just how literally like they have a culture of responsibility that is just almost to a fault. Like Todd Gurley was blaming himself uh, in December over something. I forget what it was. And essentially they, they they apologize to each other a lot. Um, It's because everyone feels like they have
0: ownership. Yeah. It's there's such a culture of collaboration and of openness about how they build everything that I think that a lot of those guys feel like they have a say in what goes on and it makes them accountable. And are you, so, wait, are you saying other. that they don't feel that way in New England? Uh, I don't think that's how that goes. No. That a joke. That a joke. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it seems like Belichick does a pretty good job with like, they, they, I mean, I guess not do your job is a pretty strict thing, but it seems like with Brady, they, they talk about what
1: goes on. They have weekly meetings. Have I guess that's the a meetings. Tom Brady privilege though. Yeah, it's a Tom Tom. And Tom gets in the meetings. Nobody else. Nobody else has any idea what's going on. That's probably true. Just like be here here and do this. That's a theory on why you know some of his deputies don't do well when they move on is because they're just so they're in a silo to the point they don't actually understand the other stuff. So,
0: going back to the 49ers right now. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they can
0: be pretty good. I mean, we saw what Kyle Shanahan did with Nick Mullins this year. I mean, I think that with Garoppolo back, he can be solid. I think that his first few handful of games last season, there was not as much kind of progression in that offense as you would have hoped after an entire offseason. But I do think that offensively they're going to be just fine. They have talent. It will see if they go get a receiver in the draft, but that line is solid. You know, Kittle's a star, everything else. I also think with Tevin Coleman and Jerick McKinnon back, even if they're kind of overpaying for both of those guys, that they have a lot more pop in their running game. I mean, sure. Matt Breedo was fine, and they got production out of that spot, but they got a lot better just with McKinnon coming back and Coleman coming in. The question's on defense. I mean, that is 100% where they need to get a lot better. And I don't know how that's necessarily going to happen outside of, I mean, D. D- Ford and Quan Alexander came in, but they didn't go get a safety. I mean, everyone just assumed they would overpay for Real Thomas, and it didn't happen. So you're rolling with those guys again. They brought back Jimmy Ward. Jason Verrett is a good low-risk signing, but I still feel like the back end of that defense is wanting. So if they don't get production and they don't draft well and there's positions of need on that side of the ball, then I think that their
1: ceiling is limited. Hmm. They are the biggest question mark for me, um, maybe in the NFL, because I know what the Brown. I saw the Browns, Last year after week nine, we saw what they looked like and we know they should be good. Garoppolo goes out in September with that injury. We don't actually know what the Niners with Garoppolo look like with that team around him. We saw it at the end of the season in 2016 or 2017, but it was just kind of a strange setup. They were already, you know, pretty much gone at that point. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm as intrigued to see them as anybody in the league this year.
0: Yeah, from a we don't know what they are. Plus, standpoint. the Browns hey, are the most interesting team. Hey, they have to the me, second right. overall pick. I know. If they go get Nick Bosa with the second overall pick, or Williams, and Quentin they Harris. have a defensive line of D. Ford, DeForest Buckner, and Nick Bosa, I, I don't, it might not matter who's playing safety. I mean, that is a really good group, and it just seems like he might be too good to pass up, even if you've already put a lot of draft capital into those spots, and you just traded a second round pick for D. Ford.
1: Yeah, uh, they can be really good.
0: FYI. I think they can be. I'm trying to think if there's another team that's kind of as much of a question mark that has as high a ceiling. And I don't know the answer. I think that, you know, like, it, it could Sam Darnold be a lot better in year two the way he came yeah. on? It was encouraging, but that team still, that with still all, has with a all the lot signings, of holes. Yeah, that they, their roster just is not I think, not Le- I think Le'Veon enough. Bell is going to help a lot. I think he'll help as well, but I still don't think that they have enough overall roster talent to be really scary. Uh, Buffalo, no, just because I, I know what Josh Allen is, I think. And even if he ends up being a little bit better, I'm just not sure he'll ever be that good of a quarterback. But yeah, those are probably the only ones. Everyone, a lot of the other teams, they're kind of just
1: known quantities. We yeah, know what I'm, we're strangely, I'm strangely intrigued by the Jaguars. Like, I just want to see what they look like. I don't necessarily care what the Broncos look like with Joe Flacco. No, I definitely don't care.
0: <laughs> I have no... Yeah, the Broncos, I, I'm not interested in whatsoever. I think the Jet, the Foles conversation is an interesting one just because we underrate sometimes just how important competence at quarterback is. The, t- going from bottom-of-the-barrel quarterbacking... I said this last year with the Browns. Going from bottom-of-the-barrel quarterbacking to just average is the most important kind of improvement you can make to your entire roster. And there's a chance we were just underrating how bad Blake Bortles was compared to a competent starter like Nick Foles. But I also don't know how good Nick Foles really is. So I think that's definitely, that, that's a complicating factor that I would like to see. But for the most part, a lot of these teams, we understand what they are.
1: I'm, I'm kind of intrigued by the Green Bay Packers this year. Sure.
0: I think they can be really good. I, don't know, I think they can really, really, really good. Really good. I don't know, and, is and this I a just, weird
1: Bears defense mechanism thing? No,
0: I, I just think that the, the again, even if they overpaid for a lot of it, their defensive talent. They added pieces this year. You know, I think that their offense is still pretty good. I mean, they have, their line is they pay, overpaid for Billy Turner. They probably didn't need to, but they they only had one starting guard. If they stay healthy up front, I, I think that their offense can be solid. They have young receivers. And, you know, there's a chance those guys take a step forward in that. I think the biggest question for them is what that offense is going to look like. I mean, how much is it going to be that kind of Shanahan inspired play action system? And what does Rogers look like in that scheme? Because I've wanted to see it for years and now we get to. So if he can kind of pick that up and it's smooth, then I think they can be really dangerous. All right. What's next? Anything? Anything? Uh, did you have any other losers that you wanted to get yeah, to? Yeah,
1: I've won very quickly. Le'Veon Bell, uh, you know, it just take the $14.5 million last year. You would have gotten the same deal anyway. Sorry, dude.
0: Yeah, I mean the Le'Veon Bell thing didn't necessarily work out, but I think we understood that in the moment. Well, you never know. Yeah,
1: yeah you, you never... I, I was always of the impression that... that I, I don't know. I, I thought there was a 10% chance he had some grand plan to just make it huge. And instead, he just pretty much got the same deal he would have regardless.
0: Yeah. And as a year older, I mean, I get, you can argue that he doesn't have the year of mileage, but he's a year yeah. older. So, um, yeah, it's we'll see what happens. That Jets team is weird, but I think that they might be pretty decent if Donald gets a lot better. Are there any teams before we get out of here that whose haul you just want to talk about because you thought it was just well done or you thought that it was a little different than what you had expected or you thought that they're much, much better than they were a week ago and you're excited about them?
1: anybody I, in particular I, I think it's really dangerous to draw any conclusions after free agency because we haven't seen the trades yet and if you have a complete team now um, I think that changes in a month and so I, or you think you have a complete team I think that changes in a month so I'm holding off obviously the Browns are awesome and I'm really excited to see them my curiosity now with after free agency and after the trades is what does what this Raiders team look like
0: yeah, I mean, they signed a lot of players, but outside of Antonio Brown, I don't know how good any of those players really are. Tyra Williams is fine, but he's a number two receiver. I mean, Trent Brown is fine, but he's not the best tackle in the NFL, and now he's getting paid like it. So they threw a lot of money around, but I'm not sure how well spent most of that money was. I mean, four years, $42 million with about $20 million, $21 million guaranteed from LaMarcus Joyner
1: So I brought up the Raiders to bring up LaMarcus Joyner. What, why? Why LaMarcus Joyner? I mean, like, I I, did, I think that's a good example of somebody you can find fairly cheaply in LaMarcus player. Joyner
0: is a fine player. Like, I mean, totally he's fine. a fine player. Just fine. And, but it, his situation is very similar in my mind to what happened with Tremaine Johnson last year. He gets franchised by the Rams. The Rams let him go, and a team with a lot of money spends way too much of it on Lamarcus Joyner. I mean, it's your not your team isn't worse because Lamarcus Joyner was there, but that is a huge contract for a guy who is a good safety but not a great one.
1: Totally agree. I just feel like that's that's that right there is not understanding the modern NFL. Which there are a couple of teams,
0: yeah, that we could probably say are I winners, mean, I, I,
1: but oh, okay, they're ahead. not surprising. You know, I
0: think that Philly did a good job, as Philly always does. You know, the Malik Jackson contract, super palatable. They go get, they keep Ronald Darby on a one-year, six and a half million dollar deal. I mean, those are the types of signings that keep them good. And I think that the same is true for New England. I mean, going to get Michael Bennett, obviously, is a great move. They haven't overspent on many of these guys. It's so interesting that they were so hot in the slot receiver market and that they really wanted a guy like Adam Humphreys just because it seems like that's kind of a redundant skill set with... uh with Julian Edelman, but I don't know, that they know what they're doing more than I do.
1: There's a, um, I'm oddly obsessed with Formula One because I just think that it's an incredible competition. I I know you are. It's one of my my favorite things about you. Incredible competition. That's kind of, bleak. If it's that's just, one of it's my interesting. favorite things. It's just things. like a very strange interest. I, 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 and I, I, I really I, appreciate I, I'm it. I'm obsessed with, with the idea of competition, and that is very, very pure competition. Um, if, you've, if you ever look into it, it's just incredible. And um, one of the things that teams do is uh, before the first race is they literally keep their top performance a secret, a closely guarded secret. It's called sandbagging. They overfuel, or they don't use all their gears or whatever, and they don't go their top speed because they think that when you show your top speed and show how good you are, essentially teams will game plan and figure out how to how to match you. So you so showing how good you are is a huge mistake. And it kind of reminded me of the Patriots, um, where like every team is just sitting around and saying, like, oh, we're making these moves, making these moves. And the Patriots are just sitting around and just pretending to not do anything except get Michael Bennett. And they don't match for Adam Humphreys, or maybe they did. Who knows? Uh, their report is that they maybe even offered more money, but we don't know the structure of it. And so every single year, we do this thing where everybody makes these moves and we say, oh, the Patriots didn't do anything. They're falling behind. And every year, we get to November, and it turns out the Patriots' top speed is a lot faster than everybody else.
0: Yeah, that's probably going to be the same thing this year, as it often is. I mean, it's. I'm tired of. I'll, I'm so tired of having to react to how the Patriots are playing in like the middle of October, yeah,
1: there's, dude. There's and sand, just knowing they're that it's worthless. sandbagging. They're sandbagging. Just, they're they're, like, they're,
0: Merce- they're Merce- like Mercedes. Uh, it's, it's every year. It's become a tradition, and every year we all look like idiots. Uh, one team, just that I want to throw out there before we get out of here, that I thought had some did some interesting stuff, and because I just think he's a smart GM. Period. I think he does a good job. John Robinson has built a really good roster in Tennessee. And I think their biggest problem at this point is I don't know how good their quarterback is. Mm -hmm. And if he doesn't get much better, then a lot of this is for naught. But if you look at just the amount of talent they have on both sides of the ball, they're really good. I mean, they, they have plenty of good players on that team. And to lose a guard, but then go get Roger Saffel to bring in Adam Humphries, which is just a skill set. They don't have on that roster. I just think they're really good at identifying where they need to get better and finding ways to do it. And if, if Mariota is not good, then none of it matters, but also think that the Ryan Tannehill yeah. trade is smart. I mean, it gives you a really high level backup quarterback. It gives you another option at the position. You didn't have to pay up. You didn't have to pay that much to get him and the Dolphins paid hey, a huge chunk. Five, of his contract.
1: Well, aren't they paying? Aren't they paying 5 million? Is that what I, what I read? The, the Titans are paying him $5 million. Is that what, is that what Th- that's I not a lot of money. No, no, no. Of course. Well, I mean, yeah. It's, it's for a veteran guy who's pretty good. That's not that much money. Um, let me ask you a question. You run the 2019 Titans with Ryan Tannehill. You run the 2019 Titans with Mark Mariota, each for 16 games. Tell me the difference in wins that Mariota gives you versus Tannehill with the exact same supporting sure cast. I'm not sure it's an appreciable
0: difference. I agree. Uh one year, two million dollars from the Titans. It's a, it's a really smart move. So the, I, I would do that every time.
1: So how much is Miami paying? I thought
0: they were paying. Oh, s- I, I, I think they're paying a lot. The Dolphins are. The
1: Dolphins are paying five million. That's what happened.
0: Yeah, I mean he's not getting paid very much at all. So the Dolphins
1: ple- the Dolphins are giving him a uh, paid his 5 million dollar bonus. That's where the 5 million dollars came from.
0: 1.88 million dollar cap hit for Ryan Tannehill was really strong. I mean if that's just a move to that makes your team better because Mariota is su- super injury prone. We know this. And to be able to not have the drop-off from Marcus Mariota to Blaine Gabbert and essentially not have a drop-off when your backup comes in, that can save your season. And again, with a roster that's pretty good and I feel like
1: can compete, I think it's a really good kind of fail-safe move. I agree. I, lo- I like Ryan Tannehill. I wish I, I think he's solid. I think Ryan yeah. Tannehill, I, I honestly, I know this is strange to say because the money doesn't match up. I, I would love to see Ryan Tannehill be like Jared Goff's backup. Because I just think with the right coach, something cool can happen. But, you know, the, the, the theory was that uh, Belichick liked him quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, it's again,
0: it gives you another option. And when you have had to play so many games with your backup quarterback and you also don't know if you ne- want to commit to your backup court or to your starting quarterback long term because Mariota is such a question mark. I-, I just think it's a smart move by a smart GM. I mean, their, their team has been very well built since John Robinson came into the picture. And that continues to be true. Agree. The Dolphins are I'm going to watch every Dolphins game with like bated breath this year. They're, they're interesting to me for the first time in so long. I, I just think that going this route is the right move. I think it's the only move they had to make. I mean, they've spent no money in free agency. None. They, they signed Dwayne Allen to like a tiny contract, and they're paying us their starting quarterback $5 million. That is what you have to do if you want to actually rebuild this thing. They're going to have $120 million in cap space next year. It's, yeah, I I don't. lie. for the longest time they were the team that frustrated me the most in a lot of the moves they would make, and this is the opposite of that.
1: Yeah, good coaching staff. I I, I think. I, I mean, I just like some of the well, moves see. they've made. Yeah, no, no, no. I I'm talking about the assistants and all that stuff. I don't. I don't. I have no idea how good of a head coach Flores would be. But it's I also just, have no idea how good of an offensive coordinator Chad O'Shea is going to be. It's the first time he's ever I, done. I think. This. I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be fine. I like Patrick Graham. I just. I think. I think they took a lot of really talented expatriates guys and, and put them in a position to succeed. All right. There we go. Ending our 2019 free by the agency way, podcast. By the way, we, we are not going to learn how good of a offensive coordinator Chad O'Shea is this year. No, we probably are not. And if we do, that's, that's a problem just because it, what do you mean if he's good if he's great and they fucking win seven games we got we got a problem <laughs> on our hands. we got a problem on issue, our hands. Right? hey Chad you, t- uh, Chad dial it back a little bit buddy
0: <laughs> put in whoever their backup quarterback is who I can't even name at this point who it's is their uh, backup quarterback it's
1: uh, one is Luke Falk and the other is oh uh, Jake Rodock.
0: oh Jake that's right that's right that's right yeah I, I was kind of hoping they would just roll with one of those guys this year they're probably going to get rid of Robert Quinn too. And if they yeah. do that, and there's, you're really, they're starting defensive linemen If they do that. of the, as they're listed right here, I know Charles Harris is a first round pick, but he'll probably start now, but you have Jonathan Woodard, who was a street free agent in 2017. I don't know that is. Devon Gajow. Who's a fifth round pick in seventeen? And Akeem
1: Spence. There Those are their starting alignment, along with Charles I'm Harris. Just, I'm just happy Akeem Spence is there. So I've heard of somebody.
0: Let's let's do this, Dolphins. Let's let's take this all the way. All right, that's all we got, guys. We'll be back next week, starting our draft previews. We'll be talking to Danny Kelly every week, just kind of digging into all things draft over I the love next it. month here. I it's love it. gonna be here before we know it. how's so. your, how's your As, big how's your big board? I, I'm still building it. I'm
1: very early stages of the draft. You're not going to believe you're not going to believe this. Uh, my big board is the exact same uh, as Danny Kelly's with the same wow. exact yeah, that's comments. A good, hey, draft guru, Danny Kelly. And, I'd be following him too. the same exact comments. And uh, literally everything is the same.
0: All right. That's all we got guys. As always, thank you so much for listening to the ringer NFL show on the ringer podcast network. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks guys.